0: Get on the grid. Live from the betting capital of the world,
1: Vegas, baby, Vegas!
0: It's wager talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels.
4: It's the Thursday here in Sin City. Welcome. To Wager Talk on the Sports Grid TV Network. Welcome, Zumo viewers. Welcome, Stir viewers. Welcome, Pluto TV viewers. Welcome, iHeartRadio network listeners. Welcome to all of you listening on our podcast outlets. This is Wager Talk. It's your Sports Central for Betters. I'm Ted Savransky, AKA Teddy Covers, at Teddy underscore covers on Twitter, joined by my co host and good friend, Ralph Michaels, at CalSportsLV on Twitter. And we have a loaded show today. Yeah, we're talking NBA. We're talking college hoops. We're talking NFL playoffs. We're talking national championship game and we'll have John Patrick Murray from the Westgate Superbook to join us later in the show breaking down the action from the house's perspective. But before we get to that, we got to get through this and that of course is BBB. bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books. A little recap of what happened in the betting world last night. And we'll start in the NBA where the sharp money wasn't so sharp last night. I had a sharp play on Boston in my pocket. Well, they got bombed by San Antonio. The sharp money came for Indiana. They got bombed at home by Miami. Pacers and Celtics take the money. Pacers and Celtics both get blown out at home. The betters got those two games wrong.
5: Well, San Antonio, we talked about was certainly the hot versus cold team, so that held true. And Miami, I mean, you look at that, 30, 31 points or more in each of the first three quarters for the Miami Heat at Indiana.
4: Yeah, the Heat, <laughs> you know, the, the betting markets have still yet to recognize how good this Miami team is. And Jimmy Butler with the team to lead is leading that team very effectively, as any Heat backer will tell you over the first half of the season. I believe Miami, Oklahoma City's the best point spread team in the NBA so far. Miami, number two, were reaching or approaching the halfway point of the campaign. If you were laying points in the ESPN matchups last night, you didn't do too well in NBA action. The Mavericks lost outright to Dallas, a thriller against the Nuggets, or the Mavericks lost outright to Denver, a thriller in Dallas against the Nuggets. And the Bucks, that was a sluggish game, the Bucs against the Warriors. Uh, but The Golden State and under pretty much wire to wire in that one. Milwaukee went through the motions and got the win. They did not sniff a point spread cover as double-digit road chalk.
5: Yeah, you're looking at the Milwaukee game, and it was tied after one, and they they opened up an eight-point lead in the second and basically played even the rest of the game back and forth. And Denver, we mentioned on the show yesterday, you know, it was a small sample size, but Denver clearly was playing up to the level of its competition. And as a dog, they had played well, and they continued to do so against those uh, superior foes. We'll see when Denver's in a letdown spot again as a big favorite, if they continue to do what they've did the past 10 games, fail to cover against an inferior foe.
4: Yeah, that's, I mean, you brought that up yesterday, Ralph, and it makes perfect sense. The Nuggets up or down a level of competition. They've been bad chalk. They've been good underdogs, and they certainly were uh, last night in Dallas. Plenty of no-shows last night in the association. We talked about it earlier, how the Knicks might be a no-show in Utah. They were a no-show in Utah, blown out in that game. The Wiz got blown out in Orlando. The Bulls got blown out against the suddenly resurgent New Orleans Pelicans, who are suddenly, what, three games out of the playoff spot in the West. New Orleans showing life for their backers and blowing out Chicago last night. Well,
5: you look at that New Orleans final and you go 123-108. Was it close? Well, yeah, the game was tied at halftime. The Pelicans, a 44-27 to third quarter. We've seen some monster third quarter scoring for, again, the Pelicans to score 44 points in that quarter. Uh, the surprise to me was Washington being a complete no-show, losing by 34 points. They were down by nine after one. They were down by 18 at half and just never made a run at all.
4: No, the Wizards, you know, again, they're playing very shorthanded. They were coming off back-to-back wins. They were playing a team that plays defense last night. No run for Washington in that ball game. The Rockets hung 77 by halftime last night in Atlanta. Did they cover the spread? No, they did not. Hawks sneak in under the number in a surprisingly competitive second half where Houston was unable to put their foot on Atlanta and put them away. They win by seven. They were laying eight. 77-point first half. You bet the Rockets' first half he did well. Been for the full game, you were ripping up those tickets. How
5: about this, Teddy? I saw your notes, so I had to go to my database. Going back since 2010, so we're talking 10 seasons, there were 23 times when a team scored 77 or more at halftime. They were 19-3-1 against the spread. They are now 19-4-1. and one. But even more surprising— all 23 games flew over the total last night's was a push from some people's lines so first time in 10 years a team has scored 77 or more and the game did not go over the total
4: yeah and if you bet it at some point during the day that game actually went under uh it was as high as I think 238 and a half at one point or 228 and a half I'm trying to remember I keep getting to my totals 10 points wrong in my memory but I know that you could have cashed an under bet in that game or over bet against the closing number. Talked about North Carolina as being bargain-priced yesterday at home against Pitt. Pitt Panthers won their first ACC road game in two years. Roy Williams' team is struggling mightily right now.
5: You know, I, I look at North Carolina and I compare them to the New England Patriots. We knew they were down. How far they were down, we really didn't know. Roy Williams got on his... on his. Uh, players and it just shows how really far down they are again you lose your top two recruits to injury a lot of teams are going to struggle they're at, a, at the lowest level they're going to be i don't see an ncaa tournament in the offing for the tar heels
4: yeah i mean this really looks like a disaster campaign when you're losing at home to Pitt, that's a problem and of course the money came for the panthers in that ball game sharp markets have recognized north carolina's way down So I had a ticket on St. John's in my pocket yesterday. That was dead well before halftime. That was a blow. Georgetown dominated them wire to wire. Seton Hall, Illinois, and Oklahoma all pulled off upsets on the road. What's your take, Ralph, real quick?
5: Uh, Georgetown impressed me. You know, they're the team that got back home after they did what they did. St. John's, six of 25 from three-point land. You're not gonna win games on the road in in
4: that conference doing that. So, we've got NFL playoff prop to talk about. In fact, I'm not even talking line moves today. We're talking playoff prop coming up next. Wager. Welcome back to Wager Talk. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels breaking down the world of sports and sports betting for you on a Thursday. And again, this is a relatively new show. We've only been around, this is our first football season. And we genuinely need your help. We're asking for your support. We need follows, we need likes, we need retreats. We're trying to build something. So please, find us on YouTube at Sports Grid Network. That's all fantasy and sports wagering all the time. Again, Sports Grid Network. On YouTube, on Instagram at SportsGridTV. Give us a follow and help us help you by giving you quality betting content every single weekday, right here on the SportsGridTV network. I took out line movers today, Ralph. There's a lot going on in hoops. We'll break down a bunch of hoops games later in the show. We'll also talk. With John Patrick Murray from the uh, Superbook USA over at the Westgate and break down the NFL playoffs and the national championship game. But I wanted to make sure we had time to give a good look at the props for this weekend's NFL action. So we're going to go through a whole bunch of props right now. Let's call it Saturday NFL Prop Shop. Ralph and I just going to go back and forth, see what we come up with on some of these proposition wagers. We'll start with the vikings and the 49ers and first props always first score of the game will be touchdown versus any other score touchdown minus 150 any other score plus 130 be interested in that kind of prop Ralph, or is that just one of those uh, it's out there it's all the time it's too random
5: it's too random for me I don't I don't get involved with that because anything can happen you know you get a pass interference penalty in the end zone and you know you, you get the ball down there and so I I don't play first first score of the game
4: let's talk largest lead of the game 49ers and Vikings largest lead over under 14 and a half points and we are gonna be up by three scores or more in this game the over 14 and at plus 110. The less than 14 and a half as the largest lead of the game, minus 130. The juice saying this is going to be competitive throughout.
5: I agree. I, I It's a game where I don't like the over, but I also the yes, but I don't like the no. So, you know, I'm leaning to a lower scoring game, which would have me no one having a 14 point lead, but I don't find value on betting it.
4: Yeah, I can certainly understand that. Here's an interesting one, though. If you're leaning under, are you leaning under on this one as well? That's the longest touchdown of the game, over under 37 and a half yards. Do we see big plays here, or do we see or a lot of red zone offense and shorter touchdowns? 37 and a half, the, uh, the longest TD of the game, over or under?
5: I would lean under in that. You know, I, I look at, you have San Francisco, which is a run Tight end based offense. We know Minnesota's gonna rely on Cook. Uh yeah, Diggs could break a long one, but for the most part in that game, I would I would think the under is the stronger of the two in my mind.
4: When it comes to playoff props, the next five I'm gonna read off, you find them in just about all of the uh many sports books run these same props and you'll see them over and over again. The prices will be different, but the props themselves are fairly common. That's why I wanted to talk about them. Let's start with the will there be overtime, Uh, and I'm looking at numbers right now uh, from the Westgate Superbook. Will there be overtime? The yes, plus 1,000, the no, minus 2,000. Super Bowl, that tends to be a little bit lower because everyone's trying to get the plus price on OT, and of course we had two OT games last week, including one that Minnesota played in, but minus 2,000 on the no OT. You going to lay it?
5: I am. I'm not laying that. Yeah, I know there's some value, and I know there's some people that say, well, you know, you're you're laying two thousand. One out of twenty games isn't going to go to overtime in the long run. But uh, it's just one that I'm not going to play.
4: Now, the next one that you see all the time is, will there be a defensive or special teams touchdown? The yes plus two thirty. The no minus two eighty. We are talking about two playmaking defenses, but we're also talking about two quarterbacks that generally have avoided the very ugly mistakes. I would look at the no defensive or special teams TD in this one. What about you, Ralph?
5: Eddie, I'm going to jump back for one second, and my database goes back. This is a surprising number for me. 10% of the games have gone to overtime in the last 400 playoff games.
4: Yeah, that, that doesn't shock me. Um, which also, so, you know, at the plus 1000, uh, is that really, is that maybe that's true value then?
5: Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I'm looking at the, at the true numbers and that goes back to 19, I think 89. So, uh, again, a number that caught me off surprise when it popped up defensive special teams, touchdown in this game, uh, You know, Cousins hasn't made a lot of mistakes with only six interceptions. Garoppolo has thrown 13. But this is the type of game that I I do, I perhaps would say a special teams or a defensive touchdown because of the strong defensive lines and the pass rush the teams get.
4: Here's a prop that we only see in the postseason. And we usually only see in the postseason, not much of it in the regular season. Will, uh... Will both teams make a 33-yard field goal or longer? The yes plus 110, the no minus 130. This is going to be a field goal fest? And if it is, will they be kicking longer field goals? You get a plus price if both teams hit one from 34 yards or further.
5: Uh, you know, um, San Francisco's not the place that I'm going to take that. Um, yep. When when we're talking, you know, when we're talking, you know, actually, you, you were looking at all of them with no domes and, you know, and grass fields. It, it, it's not it's not a spot where I'm going to bet that prop on any of San Francisco, Green Bay, Baltimore or Kansas City.
4: Yeah, I'd be much more likely to get involved with a no wager there at minus one thirty than the yes at plus one ten. And here's one that a lot of recreational bettors tend to get wrong. Will either team score three straight times? See this all the time in the postseason. And the yes is minus 200, with the no at plus 170. Even in a competitive game, teams go on runs and they score multiple times in a row. If you bet the yes on this, even in competitive games, oftentimes the minus 200 is worth laying. What's your take on this one, Ralph?
5: Yeah, I don't think I can get the actual data for that for that on my database. Uh, but it is a it is a position where I think uh there's oftentimes I look at it and bet yes. When I when I have higher scoring teams, you know, out of the three, out of the four games we're gonna talk about, I'm most likely to play that in the Kansas City game as long as the odds are close to being the same.
4: That's an excellent point. All right. Uh, will there be a lead change in the fourth quarter? Yes, plus 280, no, minus 360. And will the game be tied after 0-0? Yes, plus 110, minus 130. What do you think of these two? I thought they were, that they're not directly correlated, but if it's a competitive game, there's more likely to be a lead change in the fourth quarter. If the game is tied after one, there's more like or after 0 it's more likely there'll be a lead change in the fourth quarter. Agree or disagree?
5: Of the two, Teddy, I, I completely think that over, uh, that will the game be tied after 0 I like that one. Um, you know, I think especially in this game where I think lower scoring and I think potential for field goals, you know, it's always that possibility. So uh, of the two, I clearly like the, yes, it will be tied after zero zero. 0
4: Now, when we shift over to Tennessee-Baltimore, you're going to find many of the same props, but obviously the juice is going to be very different. Largest lead of the game is over 17.5 points. The over plus 120, the minus, uh, minus, uh, the the, the over 17.5 plus 120, the under 17.5 is the largest lead of the game at minus 140. They're expecting a bigger margin in Baltimore-Tennessee than they are in Minnesota, San Francisco, despite the fact that point spreads, they're not exactly the same. One's a touchdown, one's in the nine and a half range. But the biggest lead of the game expected to be a field goal higher. The line there, a full field goal higher.
5: Yeah, I'm going to lean under there. And and the thought process is you're going to correlate the way you feel the game is going to be played out. I think there's a correlation there. If you think it's going to be an under or a lower scoring game, you're probably going to lean with the under bet. If you think Baltimore can dominate, then obviously you would lean with the over bet.
4: Minus twenty-five hundred for the OT in for the no OT in Baltimore. They're not expecting that game to have extra
2: time. Big game breakdowns coming up next. Wager talk continues. Stay on the grid.
4: Want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with dailyroto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the dailyroto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support and much, much more. Save 10% On winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK, that's D-U-N-K, DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Let's talk big game breakdowns. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. NBA on TNT showdown tonight. Philly playing without Joel Embiid this evening. Boston playing on the second of back to backs. And they've lost their last two games, including an ugly blowout at the hands of San Antonio last night. The money's come for Boston. Modest money, but money nonetheless. Without Embiid, it opened two and a half. Now we're looking at twos in most locations. Total here. 216 earlier, without Embiid, this number's been bet up. Now we're looking at 217, 217 and a half. Celtics, second of back to backs, uh, off a loss, off two losses. Philly off a win, but without their stud low post threat. Sixers won the first two matchups between these two teams this year. Did they make it three in a row with a win in cover? NBA on TNT tonight.
5: Andy, the Celtics have only been a dog five times. They did fail to cover that first time this season against Philadelphia, but they've covered each of their four opportunities as a dog. When Joel Embiid hasn't played any minutes, going back to last season, the 76ers are 12 and 14 straight up, 11, 14 and 1 against the spread. We see the obvious lead line adjustment. And to your point about the total going up, Without Joel Embiid, they are 14-9-3 to the over, 61% to the over without him in the lineup. So, you know, my lean would be to the over. Do you you change your play? Or perhaps can a player being out, like Embiid being out, get you involved with a total in a game, Teddy?
4: Oh, absolutely. You know, and and you're going to see that. You know, Patrick Beverly's out for the Clips. Guess what? Their defense just got worse. Their offense just got better. You know, Uh, so you absolutely look for guys like that. And Embiid, when it comes to a low post defensive presence for Philly, he's meaningful. (laughs) Whether They don't have a second Embiid on the roster to keep opponents from driving the lane when he's not available. So I absolutely think Embiid's absence correlates with over. You, me, and the betting markets all thinking that with the money coming uh, over in Boston, Philadelphia. Tonight, the, Night Houston
5: four, the Houston Rockets, the Houston Rockets, a four point favorite, a total of two twenty six and a half against OKC. Uh, I did look up in the database. OKC has covered six straight and impressively, they've gone uh, 10 and two as a dog in that role. Uh, now a dog of four points to Houston. Can Houston get the back to backs?
4: So we talked about the Rockets hanging 77 in the first half last night and then failing to cover in Atlanta. Now they got to travel. And it's an emotional game for both of these teams. It really is. With Russell Westbrook's first return uh, to the Chesapeake Bay Arena in OKC. And that matters. You know? (laughs) Uh, Obviously, it matters for Westbrook, who has been sitting the second of back-to-backs but not this time. Last night he sat the first of Active Acts, so he'd be available to start and play his full complement of minutes in Oklahoma City tonight. But at the other end of the equation, it's a Thunder team that most assuredly is looking forward to the return of their former superstar. And oh, by the way, Chris Paul gets to go up against his former foes as well. And as you mentioned, OKC has been a juggernaut against the spread. No team's been hotter. As a dog, no team's been better. In the entirety of the NBA, Oklahoma City, number one ATS through the first half of the season. Not even that close. Miami's two, Boston's three. OKC's covered at close to a 67% clip. They're four-point dogs tonight because Russell Westbrook's coming back. I think they'll have an answer for Russell Westbrook. No arguments if anyone wants to take OKC plus the points. They're hot. No argument that anyone that wants to take OKC on the money line you can find them in the plus 150 to plus 160 range right about now. That's the two NBA on TNT games for tonight. Let's talk about some college hoops TV action for this evening. A bunch of good games to discuss. We'll start in Ann Arbor where the Michigan Wolverines minus five total 130 and a half against Purdue, Purdue's as random as it gets, man. Purdue's A game is good enough to blow good teams out. Hey, they beat Virginia by 29. They're non-A game. Well, we saw what happened when they went to Illinois last week. They scored 30, 34. Well, they lose the game 63-37. Purdue's random. Michigan isn't. They've been solid. They've been solid at home. And at first glance, this number looks a little bit cheap. We've seen some over money between the Wolverines and the Boilermakers. What's your take, Michigan and Purdue?
5: The difference with Purdue is simple it's Carson Edwards. They had a very good defense, but they had an elite offense the last few years. Now they have an elite defense and they have no offense. And that's exactly why you have the randomness. Your defense can keep you in games. If your offense scores, you're going to win those games. If your offense doesn't score like Illinois, you're not going to. When I look at Purdue this year, they lost to Marquette, bounced back huge and covered. Lost to Florida State, beat Virginia by 29. Lost to Nebraska, beat Ohio by 18. Lost to Butler, beat Central by 35. They're now off another loss to Illinois. And the reason I can't back Michigan, although you said the number's short, you know they're still missing Isaiah Livers. He's questionable today. He had a, a, a groin injury. I the the vibe I'm getting, he's not going to play, and I'm not going to back Michigan without their second leading scorer in there.
4: Staying on national TV, let's talk the Wichita State Shockers. They've been a popular betting choice so far today in a top 25 matchup against Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. Wichita State bet up now to. Five and a half, total 142, although it did pop to six in some places and then got bet back towards the towards the Tigers. Nonetheless, the early money did come for the Shockers, and more money's come for the Shockers. That has been a strong home court all year. Wichita State minus five and a half, 142 against Memphis.
5: And we talked about it on a previous show this week, how Wichita State has one of the strongest home courts. You know, Memphis is a great story. Memphis got a lot of pub with Weissman playing those first few games, but they're not a very good offensive team without Weissman in there. They are playing great defense for Penny Hardaway. Despite having a 12-2 record, they played a very weak schedule, number 254 in Ken Palm's ratings. The two top teams you played, Georgia and Oregon, you, you threw in a Tennessee win in there, which was a close game down to the wire that their defense got him here. I look at Wichita State. Their only lost this year is to West Virginia. Wichita State doesn't lose at home often. They did lose at home three times the last two years. Once to Cincinnati, once to Temple, and once to this Memphis team, which was also their last home loss. I think Wichita State remembers getting swept by Memphis last year, has the defense to dominate, has the offense much better than Memphis. I think the point spread is fair to back the Shockers.
4: So this next game has seen a bunch of line movement so far today. And this, of course, your late night West Coast bailout special on TV. St. Mary's against BYU. The Gales were, what, two and a half, three this morning. They've been bet up to five and a half, and this total has shot up 134, 134 and a half. Hey, I'm seeing 137s out there right now. Lots of money for St. Mary's. Lots of money for the over in their matchup against the BYU Cougars this evening.
5: I'm going to guess that when we got on the show, it was announced. uh, Childs is BYU's best player. Childs was a player that was going to go in the NBA draft, hired an agent, so he missed the first eight games this year. He will be in the NBA next year. He hurt his finger in practice yesterday. I heard this morning that he was questionable to play. I'm guessing with the line move, he's out. That doesn't affect my play on this. This is a game I went to the window with, and you're getting a better line now. BYU has an elite defense with Mark Pope. They're not elite. They're getting to be an elite defense. Childs out hurts their offense. St. Mary's coming off off a loss to Pacific. And if you look, St. Mary's, despite being number 326 in tempo, they had a game that was 107 to 99 against Pacific last game last Saturday. Why? four overtimes. In regulation, that game was 64-64, to so don't worry about that last game. There was no anomaly. It was just a four-overtime win. I am on the under. I got to the window with the under, and my customers got the under.
4: Sure, and of course, there's a fair bit of variance in that total right now. Shop around to get the best number for the under in St. Mary's BYU. Let's do one more before the break real quick. Oregon against Arizona, and the Ducks look cheap To the public better. This might be the number one public play in college hoops tonight. That'd be towards the home team, Oregon. Minus three, three and a half, total 142 against the Arizona Wildcats.
5: The Oregon defense is just not playing the same as it has in the past. I mean, Dana Altman has always gotten the ducks to where they are because of their defense. Their offense is the elite unit. Right now, I think Arizona is playing better. I think Arizona has the better defense. And I'm not surprised at all if Arizona pulls out the upset tonight against Oregon.
4: Watch out for the upset in Eugene tonight. Ralph warned you. When we come back, John Murray, the director of racing sports for the West Gatzer Book here in Las Vegas, will join us right here on Wager Talk. Stay on the grid. <laughs> Welcome back to Wager Talk here on a Thursday. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels breaking down the world of sports and sports betting for you. And as we like to do on Thursdays, this is a great segment. If you've never watched it or heard it before, get some pen and paper. Take some notes. We have John Murray, the director of race and sports at the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. And one of the hosts of the Kelly Murray Show as well. You can find him on Twitter at Vegas Murray, and, of course, at Kelly Murray Show. John, welcome to Wager Talk. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure's all ours. (laughs) Believe me. Let's start and talk about a little NBA. We'll get to the football in just a minute. But for tonight, we have an NBA on TN doubleheader. Where's the action coming at the Westgate when it comes to the the Sixers and the Celtics, the opening game of that NBA on TNT slate for tonight.
1: It's a little quiet right now. Most of the money's come in on Philadelphia. We got in Philadelphia a two-point favorite in that game. A bit of money's come in on the over as well. The total's gone from 215.5 to 217.5. But so far, it's pretty quiet action on both the NBA games.
5: Okay, well, let's, any action on, uh, if it's quiet in the NBA front, any, any sharps or any action that's been moving in college basketball tonight?
2: Yeah, there
1: has been some sharp action on the college side. Uh, Drexel, we saw some really sharp money on that. Sharp group took five. That, that line's down to four and a half. They're on the road against Towson. That was definitely a very respected player there. The, the NBA, I wouldn't call any of that NBA stuff sharp, though. That's mostly just us moving with the market.
4: So Drexel stands out to you as a sharp play in college hoops for this evening. Anything else worthy of note when it comes to the college basketball uh, betting for Thursday?
1: Not really. Just the usual totals bouncing around stuff that we see every day in college basketball. You know, it's always hard monitoring that this huge board of college basketball. Obviously, Thursdays are a lot easier than Saturdays are, but the totals are moving around the way that you do every day.
5: Well, let's let's get to where people want to hear about that you know they're listening to the show John and they're listening to your expertise from the Superbook USA and let's start with San Francisco and Minnesota uh, where you opened it where the money's gone side in total
1: we opened San Francisco as a seven point favorite back over the weekend we went to san francisco minus seven even money and we were there for a while but we had a very respected group they came in they put 30k on san francisco minus seven even money we went to san francisco minus seven minus 120 and then we took back a bunch of money on minnesota so right now it's a pretty split decision there's been a lot of money on both sides at seven either way and we really don't have much of a decision on this game and i think it's going to be our smallest decision of the weekend in the nfl
4: have you seen anything on that from a total standpoint in the 49ers and Vikings?
1: It looks like it's been mostly people playing this game under. We moved from 45 down to forty-four and a half. a A lot of under bets, not too many takers on the over. We're both teams strong defensively. Both teams, I would say, question marks at the quarterback position.
4: Yeah, although Kirk Cousins has more playoff wins than Jimmy Garoppolo does in his career something that he couldn't say a week ago uh, at this time. True. Uh, So San Fran, Minnesota, you're looking at the two-way action on that game, your smallest decision of the weekend. So there's no contrarian play. There's no fade the public. There's no ride the sharps with that one. It really is balanced two-way action. Agreed? Yeah,
1: it's it's just like the game last week, the first game last week, where it, it really is just money coming in both ways, and the parlay stuff is all carrying to later in the weekend. And what that results in is a a smaller decision.
4: Well, let's talk about the the nightcap on Saturday then. We had a pretty big upset last uh, Saturday night when uh, Tennessee went to New England and knocked off the Patriots. Are the markets expecting more of the same when it comes to the Titans this week as they take on a rested and ready Baltimore Ravens team that has never been in this role before? It's not like the Ravens have earned a home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs at any point in the Harbaugh era. This is the first time they've done it. The The betters think Baltimore reacts well to the bye this Saturday night.
1: Well, even if you go all the way back to Baltimore's first Super Bowl title in 2000, they won playoff games on the road that year. So this this is a very unusual scenario for the Ravens to be in with home field advantage. When we were at 10, we saw guys taking 10 with Tennessee and knocking us down to nine and a half. But other than that, the side action has been really even. What has been building up, though, is money line action to Baltimore. Every money line parlay we're writing this weekend has the Ravens in it. So I think the biggest the biggest possible win we could have this weekend in the NFL would probably be Tennessee winning this game outright. Every, every, Everybody that's doing a parlay is throwing Baltimore Ravens money line into that parlay. Free bingo spot situation where they think they can't lose. And that's – I, I just oh, don't yeah, understand it because
4: – to... well, let, let me jump in real quick, Ralph. Yep. When you're adding a $4 favorite to your parlay, it doesn't really yeah. add that much of the payout.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, why the better spot? No, no not really, game? but I,
1: I think they just don't think there's any way it can lose. I mean I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying that we see this all the time where people will just throw in one more big favorite just to get a little bit of extra money, and, and we definitely are seeing that in this game.
5: You know, as you mentioned, Teddy, you know, you're talking a uh, Baltimore's probably what, like 440, John, for you guys, minus 440?
1: Uh, right now, Baltimore is a minus 420 on the money line.
5: Okay, well, uh, another big line, and, you know, I know there hasn't been much move on sides and totals the first two games. I think the opener mm-hmm. on Sunday is a little bit different. This game uh, kicks off at 305 Eastern. Tell us where KC and Houston started side in total and where they are now.
1: Yeah, we opened this game seven and a half. Kansas City is seven and a half point favorite. We got as high as 10. We had money come in on Houston plus the 10. We went down to nine and a half, which is where we are now. And this total's gone up too. This total's gone from 49 up to 51. So people clearly expecting a lot of points out of Patrick Mahomes in this Kansas City offense. This is the early game Sunday.
4: Yeah, from a from a betting standpoint, is this a two-way action game, or all that money on KC initially is going to have you rooting for the Texans in this one? I'm sure you'll be rooting for the under yeah, well. A
1: lot of, there's a lot of point spread bets on Houston. There's a lot of people that are taking the points there. In fact, there's a couple more straight bets on Houston than on Kansas City, but just like the Baltimore game, there's a, there's already a lot of parlay accumulation to the Chiefs on the money line. So all these parlays this weekend – are going to have Baltimore and Kansas City. If we get one of those two teams to get knocked off, we'll probably have a really big weekend here.
4: (laughs) That's a big if, being that they're both uh, dogs
1: uh, of
4: uh, more than a touchdown. But it is certainly possible. And, of course, it means that if Tennessee or if Baltimore wins big on Saturday night, your liability on Kansas City will increase in early action on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, that's a great point, and so will the liability that goes to Green Bay, and so will the liability that goes to LSU the, night, the next night. As the week goes, if all these favorites keep winning outright, the liability is just going to increase with every game.
4: Great. Uh, well, it might not be great, <laughs> but <laughs> it's great information, of course, uh, from John Murray here. From the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. Let's talk about the nightcap on Sunday. The final game of the weekend in the NFL. And the game that will determine who the final four in the NFL are for next week. That, of course, the Packers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks have been money in the bank on the highway all year long. But their injury report looks pretty ugly. Green Bay hasn't been blowing teams out. But they're rested, ready, and sitting at home at Lambeau waiting for Seattle to come. What are you seeing in terms of the betting action for the Packers and the Seahawks over at the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas?
1: Very respected player laid four with Green Bay. We went to four and a half and Seattle's got, they're really banged up. They got a ton of guys hurt on the offensive and defensive lines, especially. So I don't think that's a big surprise. I think if you're looking to bet on Seattle, you might want to wait because we've seen a little bit of sharp money on Green Bay already. And I think as the weekend goes, if all these favorites are winning, a lot of stuff is going to roll to the Packers on Sunday evening. And you might see the number climb up a little bit if that happens. So right now we do need, we need Seattle for a little bit. And if all these other favorites keep winning, we're just going to need them even more.
5: John, one, one question with the two, nine and a halves. uh, You know, I went back and looked since 2013, Obviously, in this round of the playoffs, the one and two seeds have buys and the other teams played. Home teams have gone 11, 12, and 1 against the spread, But home teams have gone 21 and 3 in a six point teaser. Do the nine and a halfs for KC and Baltimore negate some of the teaser action because people don't want to tease down to three and a half?
1: Well, I think you're at, you're at nine and a half to make people spend the full seven points to get underneath that field goal. I think that's why you're seeing both of these games at nine and a half right now. You've got to spend the extra 20 cents to go from a six-pointer to a seven-pointer to get it underneath that three points. Certainly that's, that's going to be a popular option, and just simply parlaying the two money lines will be very popular as well. well we're going to see a ton of that here over the next 48 hours or so. Do you worry at
4: all about teaser liability? And in the postseason, where the games in theory, where the lines in theory are very tight, do you really worry yeah. about those games where everyone gets paid on the teaser side in total? Do those kill you, uh, or I mean, is the it's, teaser liability it's something less? Where...
1: It's something that can really hurt you, like the Buffalo-Houston game is a good example where so many people would tease Buffalo, and there was so much money on Houston minus the points are on the money line, so everybody won. It's definitely something that's in the back of your mind. There's no doubt about that, because these lines are a little bit tighter, and there are times where everybody that teases is going to win on both sides if the game lands near its point spread, or in the case of the Houston-Buffalo game, basically right on the point spread.
4: Yeah, but of course with the teasers you don't have the exponential payouts like you do on the parlay. So when it comes to sweating liability, right. a bad parlay weekend will kill you. A bad teaser weekend's bad, but it's not going to kill you.
1: Yeah, and they're usually laying pretty good juice for those teasers whereas like you just said the parlays are paying plus money. So it's a very big difference. So before we get to our national championship game discussion, John, I
4: want to make sure you get ample time for plugs and promos. Only got 2 minutes left. On this segment, so tell us what's going on in John Murray's life and down at Superbook USA.
1: Well, nobody cares about my life, Teddy. But the 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 Super (laughs) contest starts on Monday at 9 a.m. Monday, January 13. You can register for the 2020 Super contest, and we're taking up to three entries per person this year, up from two last year. Also, taking entries for the Super contest Gold and the Super contest Reboot. That's Monday, January the thirteenth at nine AM.
4: What's over hey, John, under for let contestants let me... in twenty?
1: Sorry. Uh, I'm over guessing about. I hate I hate doing that because I don't want to. I don't want to go too high, but I'm thinking about thirty five hundred. I'm taking
5: it. John, over. you are also expanding it this year, correct? With quarterlies.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. The quarterly prizes as well this year. The first, second, third, and fourth quarter winner each will pocket one hundred thousand. Also, prizes of 25 for second place and 10 for third place on those quarters. Hundred grand for a quarter's worth of
4: work is not so bad when it comes to the NFL. Not bad at all. Real quick national championship game, LSU Clemson. <laughs> Where's the money showing at the Westgate Super Bowl?
1: All LSU. Everybody's betting LSU. We moved to six yesterday. We took nothing but LSU at six. We're going to need Clemson. It's going to be a bigger decision than any of the NFL games on Saturday or Sunday.
4: Wow. Great stuff, John Murray. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk again next uh, week. Thanks, guys. Here's John Patrick Murray from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. We'll back for the home stretch. And this brief message stay on the grid.
2: Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join dailyroto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
4: stretch of wager talk on a Thursday and we've been trying to go through some betting definitions a lot of the terminology we use we don't want to dumb the show down but we want to make sure that you understand what the heck we're talking about and the term we thought and we threw it out earlier in the show uh, today buyback from a betting standpoint what does buyback mean it's real simple all right. We'll talk about a game uh, this weekend. I don't know. uh, Who do we want to talk? We'll talk uh, Kansas City, Houston. All right. When John Murray was on the uh, phone with us just moments ago, we talked about how the line opened, KC minus seven and a half, and got bet up to 10. And then at 10, there was some buyback on the Houston Texans. So buyback means the money was going one way and it reached a point. And then now somebody has said, all right, that's my strike price. And they're betting it back the other way. That's what buyback means, at least in my book, Ralph. What about you?
5: Teddy, I'm going to add a second definition. You have BYU. You bet BYU. All of a sudden, you get information that Childs may not play tonight and you want to buy back your original bet, yes, you may be eating the juice, but if you can get it before the line moves, if you're at the beginning of the information, I consider a buyback you just taking back some of your bet, having equal amounts on both sides, and you know, much like it is with a corporate setting when you're buying back your common stock, you're buying back your investment to try to buy out of a bet.
4: Yeah, that's an excellent point, and it can be used in both ways. When the markets... Show some buyback. It means the line has moved to where it's going to move, and that's as far as it's going to go. There's a resistance at that number. For an individual, when you buy something back, it means, yeah, I like this game, and now maybe I don't like it anymore. And I thought a little bit more about it. No, oh, here's this injury info. And you end up buying back on the other side, where basically you're going to lose your juice. You're going to lose VIG on one of the two bets. So it costs you a few cents but you're not going to lose any position on that ballgame because you bought back the other wager. That wraps it up for a Thursday. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to hang out with Ralph and I. We'll do it again tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. As for right now, stay tuned for At the Window with Drew Martin and Sean Guastamacchia coming up right next here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Stay on the grid.
7: today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.